Let's, let's pray together and we'll study the word. Gracious God, we thank you for this year of good opportunities. Help us to take each one of them and do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. So here are the facts as we know them. Born to a virgin named Mary in the town of Bethlehem. Delivered in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. There was a star and there were angels. And at some point, wise men came to see him. He was named Jesus. Now I have another set of facts for you as well this morning. Born to Aldrith, a Canadian in the town of Squim, Washington. Delivered in a local hospital like his brother before him. There were grandparents and doctors and nurses, and at some point, older brother came to see him. His name is Drew O'Hara, and he and I went to college together. Now, why did I just give you a list of facts about some random person that you've never met? Well, now you can confidently claim to know about Drew O'Hara. Just the same way that many of us confidently claim to know about Jesus. Now think about this. With the information that I just gave you, his mother's name, his town of birth, who was there, now you truthfully know about this particular individual in the same way that so many people know about Jesus. But you don't know Drew. He could walk into the room right now, and it's not likely that any of you would actually know who he is. Because, see, there's a difference between knowing all about someone and actually knowing someone. The Apostle Paul was very clear about what he wanted, about what his goal was. He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. See, Paul already knew all about Christ. He was a tremendous student and scholar. He had the facts. Now what he's looking for, though, is relationship. And as it happens, while so many of us get swept up in the facts of Christmas, the birth of Jesus is all about relationship. And if, you, and if you ever thought that maybe we don't get swept up in the facts, all you have to do is have a Christmas pageant, and inevitably somebody will come to you at the end of it and say, you know, I don't remember there being pigs in the manger. There just, there just weren't. See, we know all about it. We know all about it. But Jesus is all about relationship because Christmas is that moment when God came into the world to be in relationship with his people so that we could know him, not just about him. And relationships are very different than facts. They are because true relationships change and they transform us. Facts don't always have the same effect. For example, there are a multitude of well-known facts that are related to the dangers of smoking, correct? Right? We know about lung cancer, emphysema, COPD, etc., etc., etc. And it doesn't matter how obvious, how proven, how well communicated those facts are, 
Often, they are simply not enough to transform the life of a smoker. The facts did not change my parents, but then I came along. I am the firstborn and a well-planned baby. My parents wanted me more than just about anything else that they had ever wanted. And as soon as my mom found out that she was pregnant with me, our relationship became so important that she gave up smoking. That was years after facts had come out. And it wasn't because those facts had finally hit her. It had nothing to do with the facts. It was because she so highly valued the relationship with me that it changed her life. Now, I, I wish I could say to you that it was a permanent change, that she just decided one day to give up smoking and never did it again. But things don't always work out that way. See, my mom gave up smoking the whole time that she was pregnant with me, but after I was born, she went back to it. And I don't want you to get the wrong idea about this. I was an amazing baby, in my humble opinion. <laughs> in my most vivid recollections of my newborn days, I distinctly remember sleeping through the night every night, never once having a dirty diaper and being cute and cuddly, and somehow my mom remembers it slightly differently. But it's not that she loved me any less after I was born. Probably, in fact, the opposite. The problem is that transformation and life change, they're not one-and-done endeavors. And that's something that you really have to think about when you go into these New Year's resolutions, because we do this to ourselves every year, right? We get these resolutions, we're going to do them, we think that they're one-and-done, but they're really not. And actually, most of the things that matter most in this life don't have a finish line to them because relationships are constantly growing, they're constantly changing, starting, and sometimes stopping. They take work, but as anyone who's ever had a relationship with anyone else who is precious to them will attest, the work, the work of a relationship is nothing compared to the joy of the relationship. I wrote that for myself because I now have a teenager. But the work of a relationship is nothing compared to the joy. Paul's goal, Paul's goal was to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. But he wants the reader to understand that it is a work in progress. It is something that you will work on your entire life. And so he writes it this way. Not that I've already obtained this, meaning I'm, I'm not there or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So Paul is committed to working on his relationship goal because he's driven by the fact that Christ has already claimed him as his very own. By coming into the world, giving up his life for us, God demonstrates his relentless love for us. And Paul is so convicted by that love that he has made it his life's work to pursue knowing Christ on a much deeper level than just the facts. So think about it this way. Jesus gives up his life for you, right? And, and on some level, you, you kind of get that as a fact. But aren't you just a little bit curious at, 
as to what kind of being would do that for you? Who would do that for you? Who would give up their life for you? What drove him to that? What was going on in Jesus' heart and his head? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know what makes him tick? Paul wants to know Christ. And admittedly, he is somebody who shows up way late to the game on this. Because you've got to remember Paul's story. He was that power-crazed lunatic who made it his mission in life to hunt down. I mean, hunt down. He asked permission to go hunting for followers of Jesus to persecute them, potentially execute them. He is not a model citizen by any stretch of the imagination, much less a decent human being by any standard. But when he first heard the facts about Jesus, he went to investigate. And having heard the facts, he started down this road of pursuing a relationship. And this took some time. This took some time. This was not a one and done. And by the time that we reach Paul in this passage, he's just starting. He's just starting to get a solid footing in his walk with the Lord. And that's after years of working on it. So here's his advice for those of us who are, who are starting to think about having a relationship with God and for those of us who maybe have thought about it in the past and we kind of got stalled out somewhere along the way a bit. He says, Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but here's the one thing that I do do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So what he's saying is that we have to forget what lies behind and strain forward to what's ahead. Okay, but do you really think that Paul ever truly forgot what a horrible human being he was to the Jewish people that followed Jesus? He never actually forgot that part of himself. In fact, he actually writes about it in some of his other letters. He says that he was the worst of the worst. So it's not that we need to literally forget the past, or somehow naively pretend that it just didn't happen, but we have to move on from letting it define us. I was talking about uh, my relationship with my mom earlier, and I told you what a stellar baby I was. She and I had a very interesting conversation recently about my past. And if you ever need somebody to remind you of your past, parents are a great resource for this. So I was, I was up at her house for Thanksgiving, and I had registered to run a 5K turkey trot deal on Thanksgiving morning to benefit the YMCA up there. And this has kind of sort of become a random hobby of mine, but it is mind-blowing to my mother. And so after I get back from the race, my mom starts in on this conversation with me, one that we've had at least, at least six times in the last year. I... I just, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Help me understand it. And she goes on to, to tell this story, and, and this is a story that, that, again, has been told more times than ever needs to be told. She goes through the story of how all through my elementary, my middle, my high school years, I went to extraordinary, and they were extraordinary lengths, to be absent from phys ed on the day of the mile run. Um, remember when we used to have to do that, right? 
And it got so bad that my elementary gym school teacher, he wouldn't announce when the mile run was going to be. He'd just pop it on us so you couldn't get out of it. So mom tells this story, and it's, it's absolutely, absolutely true. And then she just couldn't leave it right there because that's not what moms do. We have to tell the whole rest of the story. So she recounts the year that I did run the mile, and I did it in protest. This was, talk about like teenage angst. Um, this is me standing up to the man. I actually walked the entire thing, not one bit of running at all at the warp speed of 18 minutes while all of my classmates stood there on the hill and watched the entire thing. No shame was going to cause me to run at all. Also, absolutely true story, not one of my more favorite memories. So after mom has shared and recounted all of these stories in detail, which I remind you she has shared numerous times over the course of my adult life, she finally circles back around to, I, I just don't understand it. We couldn't get you to run to save your life as a kid, and now you pay money to run. I don't understand that. <clears throat> the irony is, is not lost on me. I, I actually, thanks to mom, have never forgotten that I did not like running as a child. Mom doesn't let me forget. But in the spirit of Paul, I don't let that define me. Paul is an excellent reminder that God's invitation to know him and to know his kingdom is still wide open, still available, even if you've squandered the opportunity in the past or you've made a commitment and kind of faltered on it, you've tried and you've gotten off track, or if you thought that you were too old to start, or for whatever reason you can come up with in your past that's held you back from getting to know Jesus, Paul says, strain forward, go forward. We're talking about that today because, of course, we're about to start a new year. And there is a church-wide focus across the board that is meant to help every member of our worshiping community to move from knowing about Jesus to getting to know Jesus so that we can walk with him in ways that are going to be transformative for all of our lives. So this is how it's going to look in the new year. Next week, I'm going to start a new sermon series. It's going to take us through Jesus's sermon on the mount. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of life stuff, marriage, lust, self-control, racial reconciliation, government, care for the poor, management of money, all kinds of stuff that we all deal with every single day but don't really want to talk about. And the series is meant to make it apparent to you very, very quickly whether or not you are somebody who knows about Jesus or someone who knows Jesus. Because what the Sermon on the Mount does is it challenges our very comfortable, very easy understandings of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And it holds us accountable for starting to make some changes in our life that actually reflect the heart of who Jesus is. Well, while that's happening in worship, there's going to be some educational opportunities for the adults especially that are designed essentially to get everybody to some basic foundational level of faith. The class that Dominic is going to start teaching in a few weeks 
is for those who are brand new to the faith and those who have learned so much about the faith that they have forgotten what they learned. Because Paul reminds us that none of us have actually reached the goal of knowing Christ completely. And so while that is happening over in mission, we're going to have the opportunity to really live out transformed lives. Because see, here's the thing. If you think that you're following Jesus, but there is nothing in your life that requires you to be the least bit uncomfortable or to sacrifice or to inconvenience yourself or your schedule for the sake of others, then it is a pretty safe indicator that it is not Jesus that you are following. So mission will help you to clarify just how much you know about Jesus or if you actually know him because you're following him throughout your actions all throughout the year. Paul's parting thought to us this morning is let those of us who are mature, not old, mature, be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal it to you and only let us hold fast to what we have attained. I love the first part of this. I love this because inevitably, anytime you talk to somebody about changes related to their faith, there will always be that one person who will argue that they know everything there is to know about Jesus, right? And I'm not asking you to know about Jesus. I'm asking you to know Jesus. But they know everything there is to know, and you can just butt out of it. Thank you very much. Well, clearly whoever that individual would be, clearly we would not be of the same mind. But I got to tell you, I have been in professional ministry for a very, very long time. This is what I do all day, every day. And I can tell you with great certainty that I personally have a long, long way to go in my own faith. So it's really hard for me to get to a place to believe that there are people amongst us who have achieved everything that they need to know about Jesus Christ. His final word this morning to us is is that we need to to hold on to, um, to to what is good about last year in particular. It's not that there weren't great things in last year. There absolutely were. Preschool camp, the lending library, the opening of the community garden, the way that this community held together and was strengthened through Hurricane Irma, those are significant. And they are worth celebrating and giving thanksgiving for because they help give meaning and purpose to our work in ministry in 2017. But here's the deal. For as great as those things were, in about 12 hours, they are stepping stones to the ministry that comes ahead of us. And that's just as true for all of the prayers and the scriptural study of the year gone by. They are great, and they are wonderful, and they are worth holding on to, but they are stepping stones to what comes ahead. So we should hold fast to every one of those good gifts. And then, tomorrow morning, when we open our eyes to a whole new year, each one of us gets to ask ourselves this question. Do I want to know about Jesus or do I want to know Jesus? And the answer to that question is going to radically define 
the new year ahead of each of us. Let's pray together. Holy God, we confess that there are times when we are know-it-alls about Jesus. We know every fact, every detail, and we are happy to share that knowledge with everyone that we can find. But that's not what you asked of us. You asked of us that we would come to know you, that we would be in relationship with you, that we would seek hard after your heart. So, Lord, help us. Help us to move from knowing about you to knowing you in 2018. In your name we pray. Amen.